All right, so today we have my man Damon Dillard on again. Damon, what's going on? It's great to have you, brother. Man, everything is amazing. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So I'm excited again to have you on. Um, been following Damon for uh, a while now, and so just some of the things that you've done over the few the past few years um, on your entrepreneur journey, some new things that you're doing. I'm super excited about, and so I just wanted to have you back on this time to kind of talk. Uh, about the new things that you're kind of working on and just kind of uh, just kind of chop it up if that's okay let's do it man let's do awesome, it awesome man well t t take me back man when did you realize that you were different when did you realize that you weren't meant for a nine to five and you know you kind of had that entrepreneurial bug you kind of got the entrepreneurial bug man well first and foremost man before i get into my story i want to throw it back to you and just acknowledge you really really quickly man um i don't know if you remember this but i, I tried to remind you the last time we spoke but I remember you gave me a call when I was at my first insurance company. And I can't remember how we got connected, um, but I was a part of a captive agency at that time. And, and you hit me up and you were like, listen, man, I, I, it, it was either you were in the NFL, you were doing a training camp or something like that. Am, am I correct in that? Uh, I'm not sure if that was me. Okay, it may not have been you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to that, man. But just everything that you're doing in the world right now, um, I've been seeing you move and shake, man. You're impacting thousands of lives right now with your platform. So uh, I know how big of a deal it is to be uh, a repeat guest on any podcast or any platform. So I'm honored and uh, hopefully we can deliver the value that your family is looking for today. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think one of those things that I'm super excited about is, um, you know, people that are doing amazing things. I always want to stay connected to them. And they say that you're some of the five people that you hang around. So any chance that you can get to learn and absorb, right? Always being a student, never thinking that you have it figured out. You know, you can always learn something. So I'm always excited about people that are doing amazing things. I like energy, right? Power is power behind energy. And so I'm always excited to get in a room um, with you. And so I'm just really looking forward to kind of learning some things from you. And, and again, just kind of goes back to that beginning. Like, when did you realize that? you were different when did you realize that you weren't meant for nine to five i know you kind of you know went through school and everything but i'm just curious on when you realized that you were made for something different yeah man well basically basically on the way that i was raised um i knew at a very very young age believe it or not i know some people say this all the time like i was a born entrepreneur <laughs> I, I didn't know what entrepreneurship was all about but a lot of people don't know this about my journey but i grew up as a jehovah's witness and I don't know if you know anything about being a Jehovah's Witness. Sometimes I get made fun of for, for different things. But I literally, from a young age, like three years old, I've been knocking on old people's doors and trying to sell them or influence them on an idea. And mm. I, I mean, just and trying to get somebody to conform in their way of life from a very young age. Yeah, that's a big now, ask. Only, <laughs> listen, you know what I mean? Like, like, that is the ultimate sale. If you can get somebody to convert from their ways of being to living this new life for a promise that they can't see yet. I mean, if that's not sales, I don't, I don't know what is, but um, that's how I was raised. And, and a lot of people don't know this about the religion, but we would have a meeting on every, it was either Tuesday or Thursday night where we would literally get in front of, you know, 100, 200, 300 people. I'm four, five, six, seven years old, that young. And I would literally give a talk. I would give a rendition. Um, so yeah, Tuesday, Thursday night, man, I would get in front of 100, 200, 300 people and they would literally have me go over a Bible verse and they would have me do these small five minute, 10 minute, sometimes 15 minute sermons or speeches explaining a Bible verse, the principle 
and why it would be applicable in our lives today. Wow. When did you start doing that? Man, I was doing that at like three or four. Holy and so when smokes. I tell people today, like, listen, don't look at what I'm doing today and measure your success. <laughs> like, don't measure my chapter 38 to your chapter one. Like, I was born literally doing this. And so I think everybody is gifted with something. But I think I heard Will Smith say it best. He said a skill is something that you continue to chisel and work on hours and hours. The repetitions, like I had a natural ability. I don't, I don't take this from God by any means. I had a natural knack to be able to communicate. Uh, how do I know that? Because my mom told me when I was a baby, I would do nothing but talk, right? So, so like, <laughs> right. Before I started giving talks at the congregation is what they called it or the church for many people, I, I was literally talking in my seat and I would get in trouble in class. So, I mean, to answer your question, man, I knew at a very young age I was different. Um, I wasn't the kid that was allowed to go out and play with his friends. Right. Uh, there was a scripture in the Bible that says bad associations spoil useful habits. Yes. And that was a scripture that my mother really, really held on to. So my regimen every single day coming home from school was chores, which which is a lot of discipline, mm -hmm. homework, and then reading from the word, reading from different publications that had to do with the word. Right. So uh, I knew from a very young age I was different, man. Yeah, man, it's very interesting. So I can understand um, why uh, we have such a close affinity to each other because I also grew up in the church. My mother was a minister and um, I was a drummer for my church. So Mondays, uh, Wednesdays, Friday night, Saturday, you know, doing something and then Sunday all day, you know, that's kind of where I was. And it, it used to frustrate me as a little kid sometimes because I missed out on things. On When I got back to school on Mondays, everybody was laughing about the Simpsons and right. SNL. I didn't know what they were talking about. But what that did allow me to do is to have this internal discipline and mm. focus. But it also shielded me away from a bunch of nonsense that still to this day, even with social media, even though I use it for my business, it still bounces off where it doesn't really influence and, and infect me, infiltrate my mind so much yeah. so my, my question from that point um how did that translate from that younger you right mm -hmm. to to the older you now for like what you're doing like what's the gap there what were some things that you've been able to to use from a child you know being in that situation speaking being very disciplined knowing that you're different being raised different right um yeah. and and trying to help convert people into changing their lives into a different position how, how's that helped you yeah, um, I would say the number one skill in the world, if anybody's looking to earn a significant amount of income, is the ability to communicate, um, whether it's communicating on your post and you're leaving a caption. I mean, you're you're literally selling with words every single time you say anything. And so it was instilled in me at a very young age that you can't be lazy with your language. Uh, I remember my mother used to tell me all the time. She said, Damon, I want you to enunciate your words correctly. She said, I want your, your diction to be proper. She's a teacher. Yes. And uh, I remember in high school, kids used to make fun of me all the time. They used to say, Damon, you, you talk so white. Hey, it's really, really working out for me today. Let, yes, let, it let, does, let, for sure. Um, but those are all skills that translate into being a leader. Like if you want to take the number one skill also in the world, it's leadership. The one number one paid profession is leadership. And that's the ability to influence people. And if you want to influence people in a, in, a, in a positive way, sometimes in a negative way, you have to be able to communicate properly. You have to be able to speak to their hearts. You have to be able to communicate the ideas. You have to be able to articulate certain things to them to be able to get them to take action. So whether it's selling somebody a policy, whether it's helping somebody improve their lives, whether it's selling, selling them on a vision that God had given them, I, I had to take those skills from a younger age 
and now be able to apply them. And that's all we do every single day. Um, with that said, there's one other discipline that I think a lot of people don't take into, into account when it comes to entrepreneurship, but I think it's the number one thing that you need. And, and that word is discipline. Mm. I think all of us from a very young age, we've been conditioned a certain way just by the school systems alone. You know, we go to school, the bell goes off at seven o'clock, another bell goes off for us to go to our next period or go to lunch or come back from lunch and then end our day. And then we live that way into the industrial world where we go to corporate America and we live that 40, 40, 40 plan, which I'm sure many people have heard about. And, and unfortunately, when we look to become entrepreneurs, we've been sold on this idea that we now are free. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. No, no, no. You didn't, you didn't trade your nine to five in for freedom. You traded your nine to five in for an open to close. Uh, well, Dave, what do you mean by that? From the moment you open your eyes to the moment you close your eyes, you are building a business. Yes. Not that you are working, you are building a business. And, and I don't want to go too far, but a lot of people ask me about branding as well. And I mean, you, you are branding yourself so, so well. And people ask, well, Damon, how do I brand better? How do I brand better? Listen, brand is all about reputation. When I think about Rolls Royce, when I think about Louis Vuitton, when I think about Lamborghini, when I think about these upper echelon brands, what precedes them is their reputation. Right. The reason why they can be charged a quarter million, half a million, or a bag from Balenciaga or a Birkin bag or whatever it is, is because of the reputation. So if I'm looking to build a brand, it's going to be built on my discipline which is also indicative of my integrity, my word, my character. So every single day when you are building your business as an entrepreneur, those are all skills you must have. Discipline, the ability to communicate and the ability to lead. Yeah. And so taking that from my youth to where we are now uh, has really, really helped out. Yeah, man, and I'm glad that you share that because um, you know I'm curious on your your point with this with uh, because you did go to college and finish and you know have some scholastic achievement and looking back at that is very interesting as an entrepreneur that has that journey which mine is different where you know I, I went to college but I realized that wasn't the route for me what no, I, I needed was a mentor. Oh, okay. Well, that, what my point is is like going and yeah. having that achievement where it's like, huh, this is a business also, right? So that, you know what I mean? And so they're training up workers, right, to go and do this. And we've been trained in the educational system for that is to clock in and clock out. Your bell rings, right? You're trained. Go in there and sit down and listen to somebody else. Do something. Learn just enough information to be to, to be functional, right? Yeah. And then you go and do this. And then when, it, when you make your money, somebody else smarter comes in the room and tells you what you need to do with your money. Right. right. And that was kind of the, the, the thing that we were sold. And so with that being said, what's kind of your point of view on the whole educational system and entrepreneurship? Cause I feel like a lot of times we've been sold that and it's, it's comfortable. So we've kind of settled, right. Where it's like, yes, I want a secure paycheck coming in every mm -hmm. single two weeks. And the challenge with that is, is, you know, for 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 90 percent, the the guarantee that you get from having that paycheck, you give up the rest. You've given up the field. You've given up your opportunity, given up your dreams to achieve so more that you've basically put this glass ceiling on your income and your potential and your desires and your ability to achieve so much. So to share with me what your message is about entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. Um so a couple of questions you had there. The, the first one was about kind of my view on the educational system and what that has to do with entrepreneurship. I mean, 
personal development has changed my life. 2013 is when I was introduced to personal development. And I remember Jim Rome saying it. I, he didn't say it to me, but I remember hearing him say it. I thought he was speaking to me. Uh, but he said that formal education will make you a living, whereas self-education will make you a fortune. Mm. So when people look at that word entrepreneurship, the, the word that I look at inside that word, because I think words are so intentional, there's so much power behind every single word that we speak. Um, the world was created from words itself. And so when I look at that word entrepreneurship, the last four letters of that word, I think are very significant to what we're talking about right now. I'm not the guy that's going to talk down on jobs. Matter of fact, in the economy that we have right now, if you have a job, you need to be praising God. Like, I mean, we are in a time right now where if you have an opportunity to take care of your family, more power to you. I am not hating on jobs or anything like that. But I will say this. Entrepreneurship. Ship. S-H-I-P is the last four letters of that word. That means you are carrying something somewhere. What I believe is that whether you are working a job or you have become an entrepreneur, a part of entrepreneurship, we are all on a journey towards a destination. Mm. Now, what I believe happens is we choose how quickly we are looking to get there. Mm. People say that time is money. I, I don't believe that at all. I believe that time is so much more valuable than money. Why? because I can always get more money, but I'm never gonna get more time. And so what happens with the educational system is they are conditioning me to go on a certain journey that is going to lead to a predicted result that they've seen for generations. What do we call it? The 40-40-40. I'm gonna go to school, get great grades, eventually get a great job, and then I'm gonna work 40 hours a week for 40 years and hopefully retire and survive on 40% on what may have not been making it before. So when you look at entrepreneurship, it's a different journey, but what you're simply saying is, how quickly can I get there? Now, most people are gonna ask, well, Damon, where is there? That's the best question you could ever ask yourself. Right. Where is there? And when somebody asked me this, they said, Damon, why, why are you working so hard? Is it to get the Bentleys, the, the Rolls Royces, to get the million dollar home, to get millions of dollars? I said, no, when I really got it, I want my time back. Yes. Well, Damon, what do you mean by that? Well, if we're all going to retire at 65, then that means I'm going to pay my yearly average, whatever my expenses are, every year until 65. What would happen if I was to resolve whatever that number is in the next three years? Hmm. Yeah. Well, does that make sense? Yeah. And that's the same thing that I was thinking, too, was like, wait a minute. Why do I need to wait? 40 years with money that I can't touch mm -hmm. God knows how long. And if I do, it's my money. But if I go to touch it, I pay a penalty on it. What about if I just stocked it away? What about if I invested it? What about if I invested it in myself? Could no. I get a better return than that and still have access to it today? So when Come I realized on. that that would, that the answer to that was, of course, I was like, mm -hmm. well, what are these other people doing? What mm -hmm. are they doing with it? It's like, Oh, they're investing in themselves. Well, mm -hmm. what's happening here? If I'm only getting back a 10% return, what happens to the other 90%, yeah. right? When did I decide that 10% was good enough to settle yeah. on, that I could live off of that? Did I want to continue to live off 10% right now? Then yeah. I needed to figure it out. So um, in this entrepreneurship thing to, to kind of to bring it back to, um, you know, kind of your journey when you realized, you know, that you were different.
when did you finally kind of step out to do your first entrepreneurial thing? What was that and how old were you? Uh, I was 18. Um, I think my first couple of jobs at 16, I was in sales. I've always been in sales. I love everything about sales. Uh, I remember my first experience running into what I would consider be a hero or a mentor in my journey. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw him sell, sell my father a car and uh, I, I didn't think it was sales. It didn't look like sales. It gets such a weird stigma when you talk about sales. Uh, I remember uh, having a door-to-door -door sales job and people were asking me, well, Damon, when are you going to get a real job? And I'm like, listen, the, the entire nation, the entire world does not run without salespeople. Mm -hmm. And so when you get really, really good at influencing people, I mean, you can you can pretty much write your own check. And so I remember um, at 18, I wouldn't say I was an entrepreneur, but I was being trained in entrepreneurship. Right. I worked for a marketing company. And what we would have to do is every single morning at 7 a.m., we would arrive at this at this industrial like storage facility and they would give us these little knickknacks. They called them impulse items. And there would be like a stuffed Spider-Man, uh, uh, a cutting board, for example. And we would pay wholesale for these items, but they would front the items to us. So I would show up in a suit and we would get there at 7 a.m. to go over our script. And the idea was that we would go to all these different towns. I'm from Ohio, go to all these different towns around Ohio. And we would go into these businesses and we would approach whoever the the um, the decision maker was and find the decision maker. And we would sell these items to us, to them. And I didn't know that was entrepreneurship, but it was. So if I was buying the item for $5, whatever I sold it for is what my profit would be. And so at the end of every single day, we would come back with all of our items. I would present them to my manager or boss or whoever it was. And he would say, perfect, here's your cut. And I remember that was such good training for me because I had to be quick on my toes. Yes. I had to be quick with rebuttals. I had to be charismatic. I had to be diligent. It was hot. I had a suit on. If you didn't get a sale at the end of the day, you can't just go home without a sale. I had to figure it out. And that was my first experience, man. I had a lot of fun doing that business too. Awesome. So, um, you know, in the, at an early age, you, mm -hmm. you did the, the church thing and then mm -hmm. you went out on your own, uh, saw something cool with your father being sold a car. So you mm -hmm. kind of went out to try to do some sales thing yourself. So mm -hmm. how did you find or how are you led to the insurance business? How did that happen? Man, I feel like I've lived like three or four different <laughs> lives. Um, being a Jehovah's Witness growing up, I think everybody should know this. Being a Jehovah's Witness, the idea of going to school uh, was kind of frowned upon. So going to college was never a dream of mine. Like my mother's dream for me uh, was to go to a place called Bethel. And so when you get of a certain age at 18, you go out to New York and, and you serve. Basically, you're you're either a missionary, you're either a, a ministerial servant, you're something higher up in the in the church community. But that wasn't my dream. And so when I graduated, I immediately moved out. I tried to do college for like a semester. I hated it. That's when I got into sales. And when I say I sold anything and everything you could think of legally, I've sold it all. So long story short, I got into the mortgage business. I started my own mortgage company in 2004. That failed in 2007, 2008. I ended up going back to school from 2008 to 2013. I was in college. And so Financial economics and marketing was my major, but really it was basketball, right? Like that, uh, the yeah. only reason I went to school <laughs> was to play basketball. Uh, graduated as a sophomore. Uh, actually, I just left as a sophomore. It did not come with a degree by any means. Um, but I left and I was broke. Broken, broken, man, just trying to figure it out. A bunch of friends were introducing me to like network marketing and, 
and they knew I was in sales. They knew I could speak, but I wasn't having any success in that. Um, I had not been introduced to personal development yet. And I remember I was training to go to, uh, to Vegas for an, like an invitational for basketball. I was trying to go overseas. And I was talking to my mentor at the time, and I was like, listen, man, I'm hurting for cash. Like, we're barely able to pay our bills right now. I'm driving a 92 Saturn. It, it was a stick ship that I didn't even know how to drive, burning the clutch up, up and down the road. <laughs> uh, we're struggling for money. And uh, he knew I had gone to several financial firms looking for an opportunity. And uh, he said, listen, man, do you know anything about life insurance? And I said, well, no, I don't, I don't have any. I know you probably need to have it, but I didn't know much about it. And he said, listen, Damon, if you get your life insurance license, you will never have to worry about money again. Mm. Wow. Now, like the clouds didn't necessarily open up for me, but that statement meant a lot because days prior, I was asking him for $20 just to pick up my girlfriend, who's now my wife from, from work. Like mm. days prior, I was like literally trying to search on my couch for five to $10 so I could put oil and transmission fluid in my car just so I could make it from home to her job. Like days prior, I was cutting grass. Like keep in mind, I do not do any handyman work at all. But I had begged one of my friends like, man, if you give me 50 bucks, I'll cut your grass. Like we were hurting for cash. I was calling my mom, like, <laughs> mom, can you help me with groceries? Like we were hurting. So for him to tell me that I was like, so all I have to do is get my license? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, what next? He said, well, I want you to get into a particular part of insurance so you can learn the industry. He said, I want you to get into final expense insurance sales. Mm. Started to do my research. Um, I've always been of the mindset that if I can figure out what's in a man's head, I can have exactly what it's in, what's in his hand. Always been super competitive. Ended up getting with the company. Um, and we did did really well, and and what he said was true. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it, it's been a fun ride, man. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of how I came across you. Um, was just looking at some of the things that you were posted. Most people don't know that you know you did a, a TED talk, which is pretty impressive. And so that was kind of one of the ways I can start. So I was like, man, this 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 guy is a powerful orator. And I come to find out, I was like, oh, he's in, in the industry and also a Midwesterner because I'm from Chicago. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. So a lot of the things that you said um, were aligned. But there's a couple of things for me doing a bunch of these Rainmaker podcasts that I realized is that from a young age, um, a lot of the people on this podcast, they were hungry. They were yep. ambitious and yep. they didn't have a plan B. Right. Like it had to work or it had to work. Right. There was no uh, way of coming back. Right. And so when you said that you couldn't just leave the field and come back home without a sale, you literally right. could not leave the field until you um, had a sale. So um, right. since 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 then, you've had some great success in the life insurance business. So let's just kind of talk about some of the things you've been able to accomplish and build and yeah. you know why you've been able to do that what motivates you to what motivated you to do that and then we can kind of get on to some of the things you're kind of working through um going into 2023 yeah yeah i i want to add a caveat to something that you just said like having that hunger at a very young age i think everybody that's successful now has the traits of a successful person but i would be remiss if i didn't say what the industry really really did for me was not financially um I probably trained a little over 700 agents up to this point, wow. 600 of which I've had in my passenger seat, like literally a Monday through Thursday, taking them in the field, showing them how to do the business, training them in the business, getting them to a quarter million. Like I would be remiss 
if I did not tell your audience what really happened. Because mm. leading up to me getting into the insurance industry, I still had the same skill set that I have now. Right. Like, like, let, let, let's be clear. Like, <laughs> as I said earlier, I've been speaking since three. So the question should be, OK, Damon, what happened in the gap? Like if you were already a great order, if you had already had the skill set of a salesman, why didn't all those other companies work out? Why didn't right. all those other industries work out? Like what really was happening? What really changed when you got into the insurance industry? Because because I want to be clear, it wasn't the insurance industry that did it. <laughs> What happened for me is I had to ask myself a very real question. And I want to speak to so much of your audience right now yes. because I know what they're thinking. They're thinking I'm going to give you a skill. They're thinking I'm going to give you a presentation, a rebuttal. You're thinking I'm going to give you a certain product. Maybe it's the IULs. Maybe it's the annuities. Maybe it's final expense. Maybe I need to do mortgage protection. Maybe I'm a part of the wrong agency. Stop. Here's what I figured out. Any problem that showing up in my business is simply indicative of a problem that is manifested from my personal life. Yes. What does that mean, Damon? Yes. It means that all of us, including me, like I'm not, I'm not the pot calling the kettle black. We all want something. But watch this. You cannot have anything in your life without first becoming the person that can receive it. It is the law to success. Some people have heard it before. It's be, do, have. Why am I sharing this with you? Because the insurance industry did one thing for me. It developed me as a man. Because when I came into the industry, Arturo, I I'll be very honest with you, man. My talent always got me somewhere where my character could not keep me. Mm. I did extremely well in every single interview. I did extremely well in the beginning phases of the sale, but the integrity piece, the character piece, what, what are you talking about, Damon? The discipline it takes to keep it. Yeah, yeah, your talent will get you in the door, but who you are as a person will keep you going. It will actually keep the people with you. And so here's what happened. And I think this happens to everybody when they get into the industry, if you don't mind me sharing this, man. I, you know, one of my favorite stories is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And, and I love that story because it's, it's so indicative of what happens in the insurance industry. You know, in, in Snow White, you know, the, the queen goes up to this mirror and she says, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? And then the mirror is supposed to say back to her, well, my queen, you are. And just like the insurance industry, I believe what happens, entrepreneurship, take out the insurance industry. Here's what happens in entrepreneurship. You go up to the mirror of entrepreneurship, this magic mirror, and you go up to it and you say, you know what? I got all my goals written down. Listen, let me tell you what I want for 2023. And so you go into the mirror and you start rating every, hey, listen, so so I want to make a six-figure, seven-figure income this year. Yep, and I want to I impact the lives of 100 people and, and I want to do all these incredible things. But here's where the mirror comes into play. It says back to you, not what you wanted to say. It says back to you where you need to develop. It says, okay, yeah, yeah Damon, you can have all those things, but are you willing first to become a better father? Are, are you willing first to become a better husband? Are you willing first to become a better leader? Are you willing first to work on your own integrity? Right. Are you willing first to follow your own word? Yes. And here's the problem, Arturo. 
in the beginning of that journey in 2014, I was not ready to do those things. And so the first six months of my of my insurance career looked a lot like other everybody else's. A lot of false starts. Yeah. But it wasn't until. Do you, do you want to ask something on this? Yeah, I was just going to say the funny yeah, thing ahead, ahead, that kind of comes into play with that is, is what you said was, is that, um, you know, it comes down to accountability, which I know that's what you're getting to is, is that like in business, you know, there's a saying that my mentor gave me that is that people don't have business problems. They have personal problems that reflect into their business. And a lot of times until you clean up the personal things, right that's why you're having these challenges in your business. And so I'm glad that you kind of mentioned that. And so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of throw that in there is that like, until you clean up the personal things, the disciplines and, you know, it's the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And so these things are synergistic where your business and your personal life are really tied together and people don't realize the way they can't get to the next level. Right. Is because of these things, because, you know, there's a saying that you can't solve the same problem on the level in which it was created. Right. So in order to do things different, you got to change. Right. And if you don't change, things are going to stay the same. And if you expect them to stay the same, then that's the definition of insanity. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Man, it's a law. Right. Like every time I teach now, I try to teach from a law because laws are irrefutable. Like it was so frustrating to me when I thought I had found the perfect presentation. Like like I was like, okay, this is the presentation that if I bring anybody into my business, they're going to make six figures in six months. Like this is it. The script, the magical script, right? Huh? The magical script. You know what I'm saying? Like the magic script, right? And I'm like, this is the one. And I realized that I was going against a universal law. Here's what you all want to write down. The law is that all things must, the word I'm saying is must, reproduce after their own kind. Damon, what do you mean by that? A tree can only produce a tree, mm. right? An apple tree can only produce an apple. An orange can, a human can only produce an animal. It works every single time. Well, Damon, why are you saying this to me right now? Because you can only reproduce who you are. Matter of fact, all of your actions will always stay congruent with the way that you see yourself. The being part is all about your identity. How do I see me? And so when, when you look at your life, if you don't have the things that you think you should have, it's not about what you're doing because you can only do 100% of what you've been doing being the person that you are. And so when I started to look at the things that I wanted to change in my business, and we've done some incredible things in the insurance industry, and we can kind of get into some of that, but I, I said, you know what? Instead of me teaching people what to do, how do I get to the point where I can teach them what to think? Not just motivation, not just inspiration, but more of a transformative way of thinking. Because I can read a book all day about how to be as good as Tiger Woods, but unless I put in the repetitions or I've become him, I'm, I'm not gonna shoot a score like him. I can read a book about, you know, th there's a book about leadership where it talks about the Navy SEALs. Um, I, I can't remember what it's called right this second. Like a straight but, ownership? extreme ownership like i can read that book front and back but if somebody was to kidnap my daughter and take her overseas i'm not gonna win until i find a mentor until i find the things that they're doing and then becoming the person i need to become to act out and have the result that they have and so i man i i can't tell you how important it is to focus on who you are 
instead of what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that is uh, one of the things that I really enjoy what you're saying, which is you need to focus because most people are focusing on the static self. What you need to focus on is the becoming self. Who are yep. you becoming? Not how much money you're making, not how much time you're p putting in. Who am I becoming? And if people really focused on where they were going, as opposed to just taking one step right out in front of them, making an extra 10 bucks, making an extra hundred, it's like, how do I figure out how to get where I'm going next and working on that becoming self? But I think another thing that's important that you're talking about is leadership. And I know mm -hmm. in this industry, that's definitely needed um, a ton. And yeah. it sounds like with you saying you put six to 700 people in your car to show them how to do it, that takes extreme ownership. That takes an immense leadership. Where did that come from? Where did you find the passion that you wanted to help people? Was that from a mentor that you had that showed you how to do it or you didn't have it? I'm just curious on where that came from. Yeah, I think we, we've all we've all been placed that, right? Like we've all been given this ability to lead. It's just whether we develop the skill to do it or not, right? Like I'm, I'm a very, very spiritual person. So I believe we were all created from a creator who is the ultimate leader. And so we've all been created with the ability to lead, but not necessarily the skill. And so for me at a very young age, I always played basketball, man. I've been a point guard, shooting guard. Uh, you know what I mean? I, lo yeah. I love the people win. I love getting that assist. I love, and, and I remember one of my best games in college. Like, I'm going to say this until I got gray in my beard. One of my best games, my old days, right? Yes. I remember back you should have saw me back in the day. Yeah, you, you should have saw me back then. I had 27 points in one half of college basketball, right? Against a really good team, too. I think they were like number two in the nation at that time. The reason I share that is nothing felt better than when I told somebody a piece of advice I had learned from experience and personal development. They went out and won. That felt way better than ever scoring that 20. Like, my whole life at one point was basketball. But when I was able to share some information that that influenced someone in a positive way to where they could feed their family, I was addicted. Now, <laughs> leadership. Um, <laughs> when you when you sign up for entrepreneurship, it's already cruel and unusual punishment. Um, but there's a point as as to which entrepreneurship becomes easy to a certain extent. Like, like when, when you're an insurance agent and you figure out how to produce a policy by yourself, that, that's easy. But Arturo, I think, I think you can agree with me on this. People are hard. Like, people are extremely difficult. And that's when I started to really get in depth about who I am. Because what I was figuring out about my journey in leadership is I was attracting the people who were like me or lower. Not saying that they're lower and, and, and like they're all God's children, right? But all, what I'm saying is on a scale of one to 10, I believe John Maxwell uh, talks about this best. He calls it the law of the lid. If I am a five on the scale of leadership, I can never attract a six or above. Right. I can only attract a five or below. And so I think the challenge that I had in the very beginning is I thought that because I was making money, because I had figured out some, some steps to success, that I knew the holy grail of getting people to do the same thing. Mm. And, and what I learned is, I know the saying is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. I, 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 I hate saying that all the time because, because really the truth of the matter is leadership should be love.
And so if I truly mm. love someone, my expectation from them should be nothing outside of them growing to the best that they can become. I see. What does that mean? That means, hey, I want you to be a $25,000 a month producer, but if that's not what you want to do, then it's not up for me to make you do that. Matter of fact, it's not up to me for me to manipulate you into doing something that you weren't born to do. My only responsibility is to be an example, is to love you where you are, to get you the information, and then you're going to do with it what you will. And, and that was, man, listen, when we we could do a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that that's important because I think that what I've learned from this industry, because that was kind of the way I came through, was there was a lack of the leadership where things were overpromised and underdelivered to me. And it was just a, somebody just hadn't taken a stance to say, you know what, I'm going to help you no matter what. I'm going to help you figure out these things in your personal life, because those are the things that are distracting you from having success. It isn't this policy. It isn't learning this next thing. It's that you need to get yourself together. And the moment that I focused on personal development, um, I cleaned up the way I treated people. I cleaned up the way I looked at myself. I cleaned up the way I acted and I, I raised the level of standard for myself. That's when everything changed for me. So the marketplace, the insurance, the, this business, that all of that stuff is the same. The difference is, is I changed, right? And so with that, I needed to get inspired and that's where that mentorship came in. And so now it sounds like you're doing the same thing. You're mentoring people um at this stage so let's just talk a little bit about what that looks like for you um and why that's so important and impactful for you to mentor and who that is that you're mentoring yeah yeah man mentorship is everything to me i, I believe Maz moreau said it best he said in life we only learn one of two ways we learn through mistakes or we learn through mentors mm. uh, in other words we only learn through pain or we learn through people and, and i've done it both ways i learned for a long time in my life especially in this industry through pain um, because I didn't necessarily have a mentor. And, and let's be completely clear, there's a big, big difference between what a mentor and a coach is. Um, I believe a mentor is a lot more of an intimate relationship and you cannot necessarily choose your mentor. Uh, the mentor chooses you. You identify yourself ready to be a mentee and your mentor is not your friend. And But I believe, again, I know this is probably a frowned upon topic when it comes to our industry because everybody calls himself a mentor. Um, <laughs> But, but I believe there's a lot of people that are actually just being coaches and being coached. And when you find a coach, that's somebody that's one in your particular field of endeavor, and they're showing you the play. They're showing you how to get it done. The mentor, the difference for me in my mentorship journey and people mentoring me, I've actually only had one real mentor, um, is they pour their life's example into you, right? They're, they're able to show you hey, here's how to be a better father. Here's how to be a better husband. Here's what to do with your money. The coach is going to show me how to get a policy, right? The coach is going to show me how to get that done. So what I wanted to do in this journey, man, I wanted to first create an environment where people could win. Um, I think that's the number one thing that keeps a lot of people from success, um, figuring out what environment is going to be conducive for them to pull out the purpose that's already been put on their lives. Um, but, but I love everything about coaching, about mentorship for those that identify themselves as mentees. It's incredible to see other people win, for other people to get the, the aha, you know what I mean? Yes. And, and, I, and honestly, the more that you coach and mentor, 
the more that you're aware of your deficits. Yes. It's like, okay, I, I can't teach that until I learn it. And yes, if my for sure. And, and I think you've probably seen this before as well, man. When you have a mentorship program, like you cannot hide from yourself. Oh right? yeah, like, 100%. Your business is always gonna be indicative of who you are and where you are in that place in your life and your journey. So I love it, man. I yeah, love for it. sure. And it's cool that you mentioned that because I'm kind of going through this growth season right now and I can't wait to my next event, which is uh, I'm doing in April. Um, mm -hmm. And like Cody Askins, David Duford, Alex Branding and John Whitmore are gonna, uh, gonna be at this, but it's, it's a high performance. And I think that a lot of life insurance agents they don't really realize that they they burn out. They don't realize that they're burning out, and they're like they're going on this revenue roller coaster where they're having these great months, and then they realize that um, you know they've had some success, and they take their foot off the gas, and then they go back down into this valley, and then then they realize that it's like, man, I'm back doing the same thing over and over again, and it's because they don't have these routines and processes in place with leadership. And so the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm going through those things right now. It's like what do you need to do to optimize in your life to continue to keep that edge? Because this is a, a mental uh, game, and so to speak, is that like at the, when you wake up, there's nobody telling you, you know, that you need to get out of bed and go make a hundred dials, right? And so again, this becomes um, um, a first player game where it starts in here, right? Yeah. What are you excited about? What goals are you trying to achieve? What promises did you make that you were set out when you got in this business where somebody else supported you when you took a risk to do this, right? Yeah. Have you achieved those goals? And so in saying that, I'm just curious on what things and resources that you have right now for entrepreneurs and agents that um, are maybe struggling with some of those things to that, that could be resources and information to help them out if they need anything. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, obviously, we have a coaching program right now. Um, I'd love to have a conversation with someone if, if they are ready uh, to look into mentorship or coaching. Um, I, I want to speak into something that you said real quick, people running out of gas. Hmm. Um, I believe that the reason why people run out of gas is because they're not clear on their destination, right? Like, like if I'm in my car right now and I have a full tank of gas, if I don't know where I'm going or I don't have a clear destination, but I'm just driving to be driving, right? get on a freeway, I get on a back road, well, eventually I'm gonna run out of gas. And for a lot of people that gas can be their inspiration, which is an internal job. And I think what happens is we lose sight of what we really want. And so we go after a goal that our mentor says we should have. We go after a goal of what the influencers may have on IG and then we find ourselves <laughs> running out of gas, confused and unfulfilled because we never went after what we truly wanted. And, and it's a scary place to be because until you figure that out, you're always gonna run out of gas. Right. And you're always gonna be looking for the next thing. So so that, that, that would be the first thing that I provide for people is clarity. Um, they can obviously uh, seek me out. I'm on Instagram, Damon P. Dillard on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Damon Dillard, YouTube, Damon Dillard, uh, the Elevated Income Academy on Facebook as well. Uh, yes. We connect with you. and uh, For sure. Yeah, man. Well, definitely um, been great. I'm fired up. 
I'm about to go hop on some sales calls, uh, jump in there and uh, do some great things. Um, always a pleasure and a blessing to hang out with you. And again, Iron Sharpens Iron. So I'm loving to follow your success um, as we go through 2023, because I know the best is yet to come with you, brother. So I appreciate you uh, hopping on. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Love and light. Awesome. Take care.